right, and welcome in, hockey fans in the desert southwest. Another edition, another episode, if you will, of Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy joining you from Scottsdale, Arizona tonight. My co-host, Stephen Marsh, will be joining me from beautiful, balmy Las Vegas, Nevada. And uh, we're talking club hockey tonight. Uh, Stephen, how are you this evening? Uh, doing well. You're right. It is a balmy uh, <laughs> week we're dealing with here. I'm sure it's the same in Arizona. I think we're going to be near record temperatures uh, this week, uh, near 108 or 107, I believe. I don't know. I guess when it gets that hot, um, it's pretty uh, – you stop keeping track. But uh, the good news is is uh, the pools are going to be allowed to open up here starting Friday, so that's a good sign. Just in time. Lots of good signs, especially in the hockey world, as the uh, the NHL yeah. has got a proposal out there to uh, to restart things, if you will. It's, uh, it's not going to happen soon, but uh, it should be happening. We hope uh, in July, and there'll be twenty four teams playing in a in a playoff format, which would be great. There's still uh, a lot of things to be determined as to where they are going to be, but we know it'll be two sites, either uh, one on the west and one on the east, or some format or some mix of that so that'll be curious that'll be fun but we're talking club hockey uh tonight we've got a special guest joining us from the walter cronkite school the sports division over there at the asu we're going to talk a little uh, asu women's hockey for us we've got reagan smith joining us i believe he's in colorado but we'll ask him when he comes on here in about 10 15 minutes uh just where reagan is uh situated at but a lot of great insight into the women's program they cover them very very well so We'll uh, get hooked up with that in just a minute. In the meantime, Stephen, tell us a little bit about what's been going on club hockey-wise up in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, sure. Um, UNLV uh, team uh, just released uh, a graphic on their Instagram page that about their uh, team GPA being a 3.4 for their team, which apparently is the highest in their team history. And two other players had straight A's, and I didn't have a chance to um, reach out and find out who they were exactly. But and then uh, eleven players this year, this uh, this year, I guess, or semester, whatever you want to look at, were on the uh, dean's list. So that's that's pretty good. You know, we talk about so much how um, important it is for the academics because they're at they're they're students first, and then they're athletes. And uh, it's good to see that uh, you know the the work there that. They do to keep these these players to get the put time in the in the classroom and and stuff. And I'm sure it was a little bit of a strange uh, ending, of course, to this this school year because of the the pandemic being everything had to shift online. But uh, turns out uh, the team did very well with their GPA, which is uh, which is good. And that's what that's that's uh, what you like to uh, to see. So that's what's going on at UNLV. And of course, uh, on the first, they're going to be releasing their schedule. And so we'll kind of know, and I think we're like all the Desert Southwest teams are going to be doing that. So we'll have a chance to break those down in the month of June. But so UNLV will be planning on being releasing theirs June first. They've been tweeting out different things, kind of leading up to that, different moments, little teases, in their hit, haven't they? In the well, in their, well, teases and a little bit of in their history of of what they've uh, what they've accomplished. Uh, the one they tweeted today was a moment back in uh, November of 2017, which you were there because they shared your tweet from that, the moment where they beat uh, Minot State at City National Arena. This was in their first season of Division One. They Minot State came in. They were undefeated at the time, uh, number one. And uh, UNLV was able to win, probably still one of their biggest wins to this point at, at the, in the three seasons of, of Division One uh, hockey. So uh, cool to see that. And then 
Um, you know, one that they tweeted out yesterday was um, the first game at City National Arena. Um, and then, so yeah, so that's kind of what's going on up here in, in, in Vegas. Tomorrow, the AHL team will be unveiled, the logo. And the, uh, I know it's not club hockey related, but the American Hockey League team will be re- revealed about what the name's going to be, what the logo is going to look like uh, tomorrow at 7 o'clock here. So that'll be uh, nice. Of course, we, we think it's going to be Silver Knights and more than likely will be, but officially it'll be unveiled tomorrow. So we'll know tomorrow about that, but the AHL team. So a little bit. Well, more, more importantly on that note, Stephen, is we're going to see the local for the first time, which is what I'm really looking forward to because that, that should be uh, – uh, something that uh, in Vegas style, I would think, would be a masterpiece. So looking forward to that. When we talk also about uh, grade points, I saw the uh, University of Arizona uh, tweeted out theirs as well. They're doing very well academically down there in wildcat country. And I haven't heard a lot from ASU stuff, but I know that their players are are very well uh, versed academically as well. And Grand Canyon, um, that, that's just uh, an institution of higher learning that just keeps getting better and better. So I'm sure they did very well as well. Uh, one thing I do want to say about Grand Canyon is that they're uh, continuing to recruit like no other. I, I asked Danny Roy the other day, I just texted him and I said, uh, are you going to have the entire state of Minnesota on your roster? Because <laughs> it looks like he's got so many Minnesotans, but he surprised us all the day and announce the fact that they have a Russian player coming in. I believe it's the first Russian player to uh, to play there, maybe to play in the uh, the Desert Southwest in club hockey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pavel uh, Pustovi, if I have that pronounced right, which I probably don't. But but uh, that's, yeah, just looking at it on their Twitter page, and uh, it's pretty uh, pretty exciting to have somebody from, from Russia to, to come to Arizona to play for, for Grand Canyon. So that'll be pretty cool when we, when if, you know, if we get – Coach Roy on next month and our and our schedule reveals and stuff. Maybe we can ask him about that and get some more on that because that's quite it. You know, you're right. A lot from Minnesota they've had to this point, and we get you know we get a lot from Canada for you know Unilever's and you know other states, but not very often you, you see something somebody from Russia coming over to play play at, at, at this level. So it's uh, it's quite 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 interesting and quite uh, quite different, but it's it's kind of cool. So. Okay, so we got the ACHA men uh, discussed just a little bit, but tonight we're talking ACHA women, specifically Arizona State women, because it's so great with the Cronkite School here at ASU where Reagan uh, Smith is just part of a group of guys that, that covers the program, and it's great to have him um, you know, with us. And when we bring Reagan on here in just a minute, we're going uh, we're gonna to ask him what it's like to cover women's hockey and, more importantly, the growth and the future of women's hockey because uh, what Lindsay Ellis has done here at ASU is just unbelievable. And if we could get a few more teams, uh, we got Grand Canyon and we got Utah now, but if we get a few more teams out here in the desert southwest, what an awesome uh, opportunity that would be for women to play as well. So without any further ado, let's bring on the man. Cronkite Sports reporter Reagan Smith. Reagan, first of all, where in the world are you? Uh, just outside of Denver, Colorado, right now. Oh, I'm jealous. I am jealous, <laughs> but it's 108 degrees here, whatever it is, and going up. So, first of all, welcome to the show. You got Scott here in Scottsdale and Stephen up in Las Vegas. So, welcome to uh, Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Well, thank you for having me. All right. Uh, I'm going to start off, before we get into this women's hockey stuff, I want to hear a little bit about what brought you to Arizona State and your love for hockey, and tell us a little <laughs> bit about two collections you have. Uh, I know one is jerseys, and I know one is pucks. 
Yeah. So actually, the the thing is, growing up, um, I was never really exposed to the world of hockey. I grew up in Indiana and Ohio, so it was basketball and football that kind of reigned supreme. Um, and it wasn't until my dad's job took me out to Denver to where we just decided one day we were going to go see what Denver sports had to offer. And we went to an avalanche game and just something about that. And I, I remember that game vividly stars abs, Cody McLeod getting into a fight. It's just all of that together was such a sensory overload. And I was like, yep, this is it. This is the sport for me. Um, and so that kind of started my love for hockey, but in terms of ASU, it was, I, was kind of brought on, forced to help a broadcasting club at my high school. And that same year, almost all of the uh, all of the kids that ran it were graduating. And so it kind of fell on me inadvertently. And I was like, well, whatever, I'll take the lead, sure. And I just kind of fell in love with it. And lo and behold, at ASU. We all know what the Cronkite School can do for uh, for education. We also know about the experiences. I see you quite frequently, uh, whether it's a women's game or a men's game or whatever, when we're at Oceanside, the uh, the friendly confines, as I like to say, <laughs> Oceanside Ice Arena. But um, before I let Stephen jump in, and we'll alternate some questions here, T- tell me about this puck collection thing, because I watched you at a game sneak out between, uh, between periods and get a puck at an ASU NCAA game. Tell me about that. It's just, I don't know, it's it's one of those things that I was like, I love game pucks, but I don't like overly used game pucks, which is the weirdest thing ever, but it's just something about having moment, mementos of like that experience of saying, yeah, I was there, and it slowly kind of just exploded into something way bigger than I thought it would be, and it just ended up being something I just kind of fell in love with, and now I'm starting to get into jersey collection, which is way more expensive. But it's just something I really, really enjoy doing. All right, Stephen, take it away. Fire away and uh, and test his knowledge. Yeah. So, uh, Regan, thanks again for being on the show. And uh, let's 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 dive a little bit deeper into the uh, the, the before we talk specifically about hockey. Uh, you said you have a jersey collection too. So, what is what are some of the as you're building that collection? What have been some of the uh, more um, interesting or um, fascinating jerseys that you've been able to get your hands on? Is it just basically from other teams or is it, do you have any unique ones that would be kind of cool to the special jerseys or what, what's, what do you got in your collection? That you're so yeah. You know, um, a lot of the jerseys are just kind of the typical retail Adidas or Reebok um, edges at the time. But I think if you're going to look at two, there's, I have a Patrick Waugh Stanley cup um, authentic remake um, Jersey from uh i can't think of who does it mitchell and ness maybe no i don't think they do hockey jerseys but um that's a really special one to me it has a 01 stealing cup patch on it and that's kind of my baby but uh this summer or yeah this summer i was able to bid um through the detroit hockey company which has a deal with the coyotes on game worn jerseys um was able to snag a dylan plough uh training camp game worn jersey which was probably which is now probably my coolest jersey i think i have just because it is a game worn made in canada authentic yeah i mean jerseys are uh, not only pricey but they're very valuable and when you get one you love having it love showing it off because uh, it, it really shows your pride and your knowledge of the game but i want to dig into asu women's hockey because i was around um, five years ago when I started this company and, and had a chance to visit with Lindsay and, and saw the massive undertaking that she was doing and 
so proud to see what she's accomplished in such a very short period of time. You're there on a regular basis, a lot more than unfortunately I'm able to be with all the things that I have to do. But um, tell us a little bit about your connection to ASU women's hockey and, and, and what was it like the very first time that you got to Oceanside and saw Lindsay Ellis and her team? Well, I guess that goes back to freshman year because I've been covering them every single uh, year I've been at ASU. I had tried out for the men's team and didn't end up getting it. But Nick Batters, who was basically my mentor going into ASU in terms of teaching me how to cover, how to write and all that for Cronkite Sports, he reached out to me and was like, hey, there's a women's hockey team here. They're a club team, but we'd love to get a coverage team going and cover them. And obviously me, who really wanted to cover hockey, I'm chomping out the bit like, yes, absolutely, let's do it. Um, and so we ended up going there, and it was actually the first time I've ever seen women's hockey being played. And so it was a totally new learning experience because obviously women's style of play and men's is completely different you have different rules obviously too and so learning the game I think was a lot of fun because it was so familiar but yet it was totally different at the same time and just seeing the team then to from the team that was this year's it's incredible the jump of talent and just togetherness really of this team and uh, it's, it's probably been one of my favorite things of being at ASU has been watching this team grow and become what they are. You know, and, and just like uh, everybody else in the world, the pandemic, the COVID-19 hit us all very hard. Uh, for the women's team, though, they were just completing uh, their run to what they hoped was going to be a national tournament. They ended up losing in a heartbreaking way but man what a job they played uh, what a job they did all season long to get to that point tell us about how it ended for them uh man it was i think to go, see where it ends you kind of have to go to the beginning of the season i remember with my co-director reed Harmon, we had walked in on the very first practice um that we had gone to and looking at the team i remember telling him i'm like this team has the chance to go to nationals, like no doubt in my mind. And I was maybe watching them for five minutes on the ice, very first time that year. It was just something, it looked like a brand new team. And granted, there were so many new freshmen on the team this year, basically it was a new team, but they just looked so good. And just from the beginning of the season onward, they just dominated and to get to where they were against Colorado, I mean, give you have to give the University of Colorado just so much credit. They're such a good team. Um, and ASU, I mean, they hung around the entire game. I know the scoreline doesn't necessarily reflect that with a 5-1, but they just hung around and just this the team was just leaps and bounds better, and it was heartbreaking. But, like, nothing but – you couldn't, couldn't take anything but positives away from this season. And, uh, and Regan, you know, uh, you get to do a lot of uh, – you see cover a lot of the games, and, and obviously one of the, the, the benefits or the fun things about going to school and journalism school, and, or for me, I've, I'm part of the UNLV hockey program. I help out with the media stuff. Is occasionally you'll get to travel to, and to see some of the, the – play on the road, and, and, and you guys yeah. you got to do that when they were in the tournament up in Utah. And, and first of all, that place is uh, that place is nice, the Salt Lake Complex up there. Um, the Fantastic. Olympic sheet ice, you know, it's a, 
it's a it's a big ice sheet, so that you know that always does a, is a is a different element to the game. But um, what's it like when 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 you do get to see them on the road? And I look at their record this year; they were eleven and two away from Arizona, so they had a pretty good um, uh, season. I mean, what is it like when you, especially in that kind of a setting, when you get to go to an event away from Arizona, in this case to Utah, to watch the team play in, in such a high stakes uh, level game and, and, and talk about that experience from there? Yeah, um, I think a lot of that kind of has to go with the fact that they spent almost their entirety of the first half of their season on the road. I think the team, just those hotel rooms, getting to bond with the players, you really saw that kind of bring them together. And they kind of were like this, their home was kind of away from home for so long that they kind of went into Utah in such a high stakes tournament. And really the first tournament where they had some serious expectations and they handled it really, really well. Um, even the game against Utah, they had a bit of a struggle, slow start to get into it, but you could tell that this team was just so locked in and that being away from home, with even with the added pressure of having the expectations this season, they just were so gelled together. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that they did spend so much away from home this season. Yeah, no secret that they do spend a lot of time on the road. The other thing that they do that a lot of people don't know is they get the early practice slot, right? They're on the ice yes. very early in the morning. And and I don't know, every time I've been around those girls, they're all excited and, and bright-eyed. And maybe you've seen something different, but what keeps them so motivated and, and so excited to, to be up and practice at that time of day? I've probably a lot of caffeine, but just the friendship that this team has. They just... It's the one thing you ask them every time, like, what what makes you guys so good this season? And it's always the camaraderie, camaraderie, the uh, just the teamwork and just everyone supporting each other. And, I mean, if you're getting up at 7 a.m., the last thing you'd want to be is at each other's throats. But it, the fact that they are so good together, they all gel together, they all are friends, I mean – it's just really special to see and just being able to do that consistently at 7 a.m. Like, I couldn't do that. I absolutely could not do that. And so it's just, I don't know, there's something special. And I probably keep saying that over and over again, but there's there was absolutely something special this season. All right, so let's uh, I'm backtrack to something you said. You said you know when you when you talking about covering this this women's team for the you know for the first time when you freshman, you said it was a different style of game. Go more into that exactly. I mean, we obviously we I'm sure there's we there's some glaring differences between the men's and the women's game, but maybe in what ways is it is it similar to, to uh, style, and maybe in in what ways is it is it different from from men's and women's, and, and what makes the women's game uh, enjoyable that people may not realize. Um, well, the, one of the big things and probably the biggest thing is obviously checking isn't really allowed in the women's right. sport, right? You're not allowed to hit. Um, and so you kind of have a bit much more, I guess, strategic look of like players aren't necessarily going to be on top of each other. There's going to be a lot more lanes that you're going to have to look at blocking and things along those lines while you're closing down. But it's just in terms of this team and its difference, um, as you just said, it was this just the speed. I mean, this team, women's hockey was general. The team was generally just a lot slower in terms of more methodical moving the puck up the ice. And then this season came round, and they had the speed and they had the accuracy of the passing, and it just completely opened this new world of possibilities with the team. 
Reagan, when you you were on the team so much uh, and you had a chance to see their personalities, but I want to start from the goal and work out. Talk about the personalities uh, of the goaltenders on this hockey team. And, and we know Jordan. We know just how, uh, uh, how explosive and how uh, uh, enthusiastic she is. But they're going to miss her, no doubt. But talk about the goaltenders, and then let's move on our way through the rest of the team. Yeah, for sure. Um, obviously, I don't think anyone who follows ASU needs an introduction to Jordan Nash Bold, and she's such a such a staple point to that team, right? I mean, she was kind of a huge rock for the team. Everyone would lean on her. She would be the one to pick everybody up. You just knew she was a natural born leader, and she just kind of emanated that energy on and off of the ice. Um, but even still, you had Landry Phelps, who was just always fun off the bench. Uh, she seems pretty reserved when you talk to her, but once you get to know her, she kind of opens up a bit. She's a lot of fun to be around, and all the girls really like her. And then you have Macy Eide, who's just such a hoot to be around, honestly. She's such a jokester, and a lot of times, but when she needs to be serious, she always is. And so the personalities there, they just blended so well together to where you have these serious personalities who could also cut loose on a on a dime like it personalities could change so quickly and you just saw how well that gelled with the rest of the team all right so let's talk about uh, i don't know yeah i'm still here yeah 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 sorry um, so I'll, I'll go next. Then uh, let me let's talk about uh, looking how the the roster is looking for next season. Um, you know, I don't know if you've been following their off season uh, moves, but uh, they've had some uh, they've had quite a few signings uh, this off season. Yes. So maybe touch about some of those that you've been I'll able be to awesome. see to see that. Uh, that, you, that maybe you're looking forward to that you might be excited for. The main yeah, well, right now they've had ten commits commit to the team, which is absolutely insane when you look at how small this team was just a few years ago. But um, the big commit that uh, really stood out to me was Dana Colombo transferring over from Adrian College. Uh, having that type of goaltender presence on such a powerhouse ACHA school will be such a huge boost to the team itself. And she's going to bring a huge, huge help in a position to where Jordan Nash Bolden's vacating. Okay. Um, well, uh, Scott is having some issues. I guess they must have lost power there. So while we wait for him to come back on, we'll we'll move on to this. Then, um, let me let's let's focus now. If we look at the 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 hockey in the whole Desert Southwest, especially ACHA. We it really continues to grow here. And and I don't know if you have a chance to kind of follow just besides the women's, just follow the whole landscape of the hockey here in this in the Southwest uh, Desert area. But uh, what are your thoughts on on that and and how it's progressed even just in the last few years and 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 you know with and where it can go in the next years next few years after from from now yeah it's just even though i'm only spending a few months down at asu during my school years just seeing hockey expand in the state of arizona has been incredible because it's not just like oh yeah you hear about these numbers expanding it's you see it too the amount of camps that have come out for youth camps led by the coyotes with small fries and all these other types of things matt shot leading um for the coyotes it's just it's incredible to see because i feel like you talk about 
hockey expanding in the Southwest, but unless you're really there in Arizona and I'm sure the other States that surround you and Nevada, mm-hmm. you really feel it as well. And it's shocking to me because it, it honestly makes me feel so happy to see it happening. But like, it's something that I really don't think people would believe until you see it. But once you see it, it's just like, wow. Okay, guys, are you still there? <laughs> yes, yes. Well, you do, we can hear you, Scott. <laughs> all right, well, believe this or not, I'm sitting at my apartment complex and everything is dark all around us. I don't know what's happened. We've lost power all the way around our uh, complex. So uh, I'm glad that I'm on reserve power and back with you guys. So uh, sorry for missing out on just a tad there. But um, uh, Reagan, tell me just a little bit about the uh, the future of, of Arizona State Hockey. I mean, we know... The, what the NCAA is doing in men's side. We see how good the ACHA men's program is. We know how good the uh, women's program is. How far do you think this team can go? And, and, and the, the past few years that you've covered them, what's given you the indication that they can go a long ways? Well, the, the big thing for me this year was how good the freshmen were coming in as a recruiting class. And now the fact that you have 10 committed this coming year is shocking to me. And it's so cool to see it expand so much. And it's growing to the point where we've seen Coach Lindsay Ellis talking about it, about potentially having a D2 ACHA women's program, just because of how many players are starting to come to Arizona State. Um, she, I kind of asked her about it, and she said hopefully within the next two to three years. But it's just incredible to see that. And now with the new arena obviously coming in at the end of, what is it, next season? That yeah, twenty twenty two. So we got another year or two, but um, that that'll be good. Yeah, and seeing them do all that and how have the ability to potentially, if they really really try to push one of the ACHA club teams, if they have two by then, into an NCAA potentially. Not that there's been any real real rumblings about it, but there's always that potential. And so it's just incredible to see how they went from a team that couldn't even fill an entire attacking roster to, to a team that has so many that they're going to have to really think about who they're going to play each night. It's just incredible to see. And you know, Reagan as well, uh, one of the things that I really enjoy about going to women's hockey games is not only the enthusiasm, but I love their theme nights. I mean, they always yes. have a theme night. They always involve their crowds. They have uh, drawings. They have, um, all kinds of stuff going on. And I think that's what really engages everybody and keeps them interested in, in the sport of hockey itself. Your thoughts on uh, theme nights? I absolutely adore them because as, as I kind of was talking about earlier about how much we've seen the sport expand in the state of Arizona. I mean, you see them working with the, the youth programs that they do and the, the youth skate nights that they host as well as the military and, cancer awareness sites, of course, but they're always doing something with the community. And no matter what their performance is on the ice, they're always getting so much support and so much love from the community around them. And I think it's just such a special thing to see. And now to see them being so successful with those themes and seeing how many people come out to their theme nights every night, it's just, it's incredible to see, to say the least. Yeah, I, I 100% agree on all of that. Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk to you about was the fact that we know how good this team was last year, 
and there's a great recruiting class coming in. I know Lindsay's done a fantastic job of uh, bringing in a lot of new girls, but is there anybody so far that you've seen that, that's caught your eye and you said, wow, I did not expect this one? Yeah, um, and I had mentioned was Dana Colombo, the transfer goaltender from Adrian, Adrian College, and just obviously with Jordan Nash Bolden graduating, that's a pretty – pretty big hole inside of the goaltending lineup that Macy Eide was deaf that Macy Eide can definitely take over but having as well as another veteran in Dana Colombo to help ease that load depending on whoever would get the start is a huge boost to this team and having another leadership role in someone who's been on such a good club hockey team will be paramount for this team going into the next season. And, of course, uh, they've got a great built-in rivalry now when you add uh, the team over at Grand Canyon, which considers themselves a uh, potential national tournament team as they continue to grow with everything that's going on there. But talk a little bit about the rivalry that you've seen between Grand Canyon and ASU. Obviously, cross town. Obviously, they play each other a lot. Um, what's that rivalry been like to watch it build over the last couple of years? It's been a lot of a lot of fun. I remember that very, very first game series, and I think that was Jordan's first ever career shutout, if I'm not mistaken. That in one of the very first in that very first series, um, and it was just something that you slowly started. You obviously you had GCU and you had ASU, and obviously there was already already that built-in cross-city rivalry, right? But as they played more and more and with how much they played each other, you really got to see it show up on the ice. But one of the things I really, really found amusing to me, at least, was that like a lot of these girls, I mean, once that whistle blows, it's it dies down. You know, they're crosstown rivals, but yet they're bringing the communities together and promoting the sport of women's hockey. And that was always such a cool thing to see because you really got that intensity, but yet you still had that community with it. Yeah, great point. Uh, Steven, do you have any uh, any more things for Reagan? Uh, sure. I just want to ask you about, uh, you know, your – your future. I mean, you, you're, you're, I mean, you're at the Cronkite school now and uh, you know, you're going to graduate with maybe next year or so. And, you know, what do you hope to, to do? What experience that you've gained from school that, you know, what's, what's the goal for you? Do you want to see, do you see yourself covering hockey? Um, if the opportunity presents itself to cover hockey all the time or, or what do you, what do you hope to be able to, to go out and do? Honestly, I'd love to work for a team and rather that be PR, some form of internal media department. I think that would kind of be the dream for me coming out of college, especially with Seattle coming into play in the NHL in the next few seasons. I think that would be incredible. But it's I've also thought about maybe teaching in Japan for a few years, teaching English, depending on how the job markets look. And just kind of the more and more I think about it, the more and more I kind of want to do it. And there's a lot of opportunity. You've got the you got an AHL team coming to Palm Springs. You got, we've got the American Hockey League team here in, in, in Vegas. You've got the Seattle NHL team. So it seems like there's a lot of uh, there's always always a you know it's tough to get get those kind of jobs, but they're always uh, there's always out there for people that that um, have the experience and and, and and they can do it. So uh, we uh, look forward to that. But that's a, that's all I got, Scott. All right, let's. Uh... Let's deviate just a little bit because uh, the NHL announced that they're coming back. I know you're a big Avs uh, fan <laughs> up there, and uh, 
We got Steven, of course, in Vegas being a Golden Knights fan. I covered the Golden Knights for us. And, yep. and of course, live in Arizona. So uh, your thoughts on the NHL, first of all, on their proposed return to uh, action. What did you think about that? I thought the most confusing thing was that the play-in rounds aren't technically playoffs, but everyone's going to call them the playoffs anyways. <laughs> but The draft lottery is pretty confusing to me. The draft lottery layout was pretty confusing to me, too. I, I didn't even try. I was just like, you know what? Well, e- each stage of the draft lottery will play by ear and see how it goes. Yeah, But I, I think no matter what, there are going to be a few fingers that kind of got stepped on, right? But I think everything, all things considered, I think we probably got the best that we could out of it. Maybe would have liked to have seen more than just two host cities, but all in all, I don't think there's any, there's much room to complain about this format. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, they did as good as they could do. And, you know, I, I talked last night, I had Josh Maniscalco on our, uh, our NCAA show. And when I was talking to Josh, I said, uh, what was it like for you guys when the season ended? Maybe you can answer this as not only a student, but also as uh, covering a hockey team. And I know that the, the women's program was just had just concluded their season and they weren't going to the national tournament. But um, it, it still affects you, right? I mean, all of a sudden, the entire world has changed on you. And what I saw, Reagan, was the, the players for the first two or three weeks seemed like they were in just utter shock, right? They just didn't really believe. It was total disbelief. Yeah. And after maybe that third week, it, it seemed like, there was some acceptance, some reconciliation where they went maybe three weeks or so going like, okay, we get it. It's a bad deal, but it's affecting everybody. We're all on the boat together. But then I think week seven, eight, nine of the pandemic, I think they started to get a little restless and they all wanted to know what was going to happen with their teams, their programs, what was going on. Uh, Would you say that was the same thing for you as a student and also for the women's program? Yeah, absolutely. Because I remember when, um, when the NHL itself got canceled, it was on my birthday, so that'll always be ingrained oh. in my mind. But uh, <laughs> I just, I, I kind of brought myself back to thinking, like, if ASU had made it to nationals, like, I would have been, as, even as a media and just seeing the team grow, I would have been absolutely devastated because this team's come so far. And then you kind of had to put yourself in Colorado's shoe. Yeah, they've had the experience, but... At the same point, you're losing a chance to really have maybe what could be the highlight of all these girls' college careers and potentially winning a championship. And just that just you feel for them. Like that that's probably the biggest thing was like you really felt for these players that just kind of had the rest of their seasons just kind of ripped away. Obviously it had to have happened, but you just you really, really hated to see it happen because you would have loved to see these girls get girls and guys and just all these tournaments get their get their chance at a championship. Yeah, and and, and I can relate to that because I, I we were planning to you know we were at UNLV and we had ASU and Arizona you know we're all scheduled to go to the ACHA tournament and and yeah. me being around UNLV so heavily it, it was just to see. Their season started out so well, and they had a little bit of a rough patch, and then they finished the season really strong, and they get a good spot in the tournament. And and just to, just to think of how much momentum and, and energy they had getting ready to go, and and I was talking to them before the you know weeks leading up to the them leaving, and it was going to be um, they were excited, they were ready to to go out and to perform, and then you know all this 
took place and all of a sudden it all changes and it was just it was devastating selfishly it was it was selfishly it was part of it was like man because we were going to be in dallas we were going to cover and it would have been fun but i really feel bad for the players because they're the ones that go out there and perform and, and and you feel bad for them especially for the ones that may not come back and and be on the team next year the seniors and all that so it's that's where you, you feel you feel bad you know and, and it's never a guarantee you're going to get there you know unlv arizona is you know they're they're good schools and, and they probably can get a good spot they've they've built themselves well on the way to get there but it's never a guarantee you're going to get there year after year and so it's uh it's unfortunate but you're right 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 decision had to be made but but it, it is it is very uh it's very dis- disappointing and it's it, for them and, and i and you can and you can sense it too after afterwards talking with the coaches and everything after the season had been canceled and or the postseason had been canceled it was just kind of yeah it's definitely yeah i mean everybody wants that shot and, and gets taken away in the most abrupt stance it's just like huh that sucks but yeah no it's yeah yeah you, you just feel for him okay so let's talk about the future uh all of this is passing it will pass but it's going to change the new normal and uh as we get back to Oceanside, hopefully this fall, and we get to start seeing the teams on the ice again, uh, I'm certain that there's going to be some different changes for not only media but for players, fans, everybody else. Uh, what's your, if you could forecast and kind of look ahead, what do you think is going to happen this fall? What's your gut feeling? Are we going to have fans there? Are we going to have scattered fans? Are we going to have no fans? What's it going to be like? Um, I think if you're talking about an NCAA perspective, that's I, I don't even want to try and guess what's going to happen there of schools. I'd imagine maybe they'll allow in media, friends, and family. Maybe that's it. I can't even fathom how that's going to go. But club, I'm I'm hoping at least that we'll see the fans and the families still be able to come in and fill out the arenas of, at least a little bit and have that same experience. But I, I would like to – it's hard to speculate, right, because you just don't know what people are going to say or how things are going to change week to week. You're exactly correct. Uh, I do want to touch before I let you go is uh, a little bit on the new arena. We've all seen the uh, the concept. The uh, announcement has been made now officially that there will be groundbreaking coming in November with a uh, August 2022 uh, completion date. Uh, it's going to be on campus, and as a student – um, how important do you think that is to building the program to not only have the, the brand new facility, but have it right on campus? Oh, it's going to be huge, especially for the NCAA program, because I, I don't think anyone is unaware of, A, the chirps that the players get from other players about, the, about Oceanside or just the way the arena is. But not only that, you're right in the heart of Tempe, Arizona, and we all know how Tempe, Arizona gets. It's a crazy scene at times. And to be able to harness that energy into a state-of-the-art arena with a team that is such on the up-and-up, it's going to be huge. Like, I'm sad I will be out of ASU by the time that thing opens because that's going to be a sight to see. I'm guessing you will be back as an alum, though, because uh, it'll be a very uh, ruckus environment. We know what the 942 crew does for basketball and football and all the other sports, and I know that they just can't wait to get uh, a lot more people in the building for hockey as well. Uh, am I wrong on that assessment? Oh, absolutely not. I tended, I tend to cover the NCAA programs in the uh, medical corner of the ice on the far side, and you can hear the 942 crew all the way over there, and they 
occupy such a minute space of uh, bleachers at Oceanside, and yet they're still some of the loudest people inside of that entire arena. And now you multiply that probably by at least tenfold, right? And just, it's going to be crazy, and I'm excited to see it. Reagan, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Thanks for the great insight. I know you guys do great work over there. Love the Cronkite School. Love what they do. And uh, be safe the rest of the summer. And hopefully you're back on campus uh, to start things up again this fall. And we'll see you hanging around Oceanside Ice Arena. Absolutely. See you at Oceanside. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. That's Reagan Smith with the Cronkite Sports and coverage of ASU women's hockey. Stephen and I will be right back. And uh, Stephen, just so you know, I'm still sitting in the dark. So, uh, okay. well, I got plenty of light in my place, so <laughs> I'll send some your way. A little. <laughs> and some air conditioning when you're at it. <laughs> oh, that's right. I have air conditioning too. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, let's take a quick break. Let's hear from our sponsors, and you and I will come back and wrap up another uh, edition, another episode of College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Like a pro, post game like a champion at College Bar and Grill. Located across the street from the iconic A Mountain and Sun Devil Stadium and a quick walk from Wells Fargo Arena, College Bar and Grill is your home for the best local craft beer, delicious creative cocktails, tasty food, and Tempe's best atmosphere for Arizona State Athletics. College Bar and Grill, pregame like a pro, postgame like a champion. Online at ilovecollege.co. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the Fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No, stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that Fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by a fence of ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. Hi, everybody. This is Jay from OxyPals. You probably know our products for being used on your gear to eliminate the odor and bacteria from sports gear and your gym and all that stuff. Um, in, in light of current events, uh, we have uh, switched up and added a new product to our production line called our Have a Nice Day Hand Sanitizer. Um, it is exclusively for use on your skin, whereas our other uh, products have been exclusively for use on your fabrics and, and, and gear. Uh, this product is available here at my shop. It's available on my website at www.oxypow.com. And you can pick it up or we can ship it to you anywhere in the United States. Behind the Mask Hockey Shop, celebrating 25 years of exceptional service to the Arizona hockey community. Offering the top brands and an educated staff of hockey players to help you choose the right gear for you. Visit any one of our Three Valley locations or check us out online at BehindTheMask.com. Hey, Michael here from M-Drive. My dad, a world-class scientist, actually made M-Drive for himself to stay active and continue enjoying life. And yes, M-Drive supports healthy testosterone, but it's so much more. M-Drive is the everyday supplement to fuel your drive with more energy and more strength. Listen, we'd love for you to try M-Drive too. 
visit mdriveformen.com and we'll give you 20% off your first purchase. Just type in the code TRIBE at checkout. You find your prime with mDrive. At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used. And if you want to make the best margaritas, if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails. Whether celebrating an overtime game winner or relaxing by the pool after a long work day, find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S. Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, award-winning taste since 2011. Your hometown hockey team. Your Western Collegiate Hockey League champions. Your Arizona Wildcats. Tickets for Arizona hockey are now on sale. Support your Wildcats as they battle ASU for another Cactus Cup championship and more at the Tucson Arena. Your hockey team. Your Arizona Wildcats. Call 791-4101 for tickets now. All right, we're back. Scott Strandy still here in the dark in Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, my co-host, Stephen Marsh, still up in the balmy, beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada, who I understand is starting to work their way back into a return to normal, albeit a slow one. Stephen, how are you? Uh, good. Yes, actually, uh, they, yeah, phase two here is going to start on Friday. Uh, the big thing, of course, the casinos, though, we're going to start opening on June 4th. Um, pro sports and events can resume here without spectators, uh, like the UFC and, and some boxing things coming here in June. They got to go ahead to do those for, you know, they're going to be streamed and broadcasted, but nobody it will be in attendance at those, uh, at least fans-wise. Uh, gatherings can now be increased up to 50 people. And um, so, yeah, we're seeing, we're seeing a lot of things happen here. You know, Nevada, we've been fortunate. You know, I just saw the grim number on the TV today about what we've passed, and not to really want to focus on that because it's, it's sad. But we've really been fortunate here in Nevada to, to keep the numbers relatively low. And um, and so I think it's, you know, as we start to open things up, hopefully we can continue to, to be safe. And a lot of the casinos are obviously putting a lot of protocols in place to, to be safe because they know that that's the biggest thing. That's the trust of the people. If, if they don't take these precautions, now for one, they won't be able to open, and two, you know, people won't 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 go, and and you want to be able to feel safe when you go into a casino or to these uh to these events. So, um, you know, a lot of these places are going to have certain distancing between machines, your face coverings, you know, sanitizer everywhere, limit the capacity at certain places. So, um, that's that's a, that's a good thing. And and I saw something on the TV now that they might be able to get a vaccine by the end of the year. So that would be that would be positive. So. I like to focus more on those positives. I saw that the the, the the milestone number that we hit today and in, in, uh, in deaths, and it's just sad. But to think about what good what good is coming around right now is 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 good too. But uh, yeah, it's it's uh it's going. It's things are starting to improve. More people are starting to get out and about. So uh, which is good. I mean, you want you want to be able to do that, but we just need to be able to continue to do it do it safely in, in Nevada and other states as well as other people start to open up their states as well. All right. Let's take care of a couple of housekeeping notes uh, for coming up. Future shows here in the month of uh, June and July, the months of June and July, I should say. And then uh, we'll wrap things up by uh, just wrapping up 
uh, talk of ACHA hockey. But as I mentioned to you and everybody out there, we are starting a new hashtag. It's called hashtag pucks on the pod. Uh, it's going to be what we're going to use for June and July to uh, highlight our shows, our social media platforms, our podcast, to draw uh, some new people in, get some uh, numbers built up of subscribers and downloads. And in order to do that, we're going to give some gifts away. Our friends over at Summer Skates up in Toronto are uh, going to be providing us with some uh, custom koozies for your, your drinks in the summertime and wintertime, whenever you want. Uh, they're also going to give us a few pair of uh, their summer skates uh, sandals. And, of course, we're going to get uh, our, some T-shirts going and some different things like that. So I know you're advocating for me to give away some pens because you love those pens. But <laughs> Well, <laughs> well, sure. Or uh, free of anything, really. People love free free stuff. Uh, the, the, the koozies you're talking about, I'm looking at your picture there. I believe it's uh, that's real uh, – uh, was that the material like for skates, right? Skate like laces. The, the skate, skate laces, laces. Yes, I couldn't yeah. couldn't think of the word there. Yeah, the laces for skates. So um, that's going. Of course, this similar with the sandals too, which you which you were sent me a pair of those, and I've worn a couple times. So um, I'll be probably wearing a lot more as the summer months are here, and maybe finally get to go out to the pool and stuff. I'll probably be wearing those. So so yeah, those are so, those, so some good stuff. Uh, Stay tuned to us. We want you to follow us on uh, any one of our platforms. Certainly on. Uh, at Ice Time SW on Twitter, Instagram, and uh, Facebook as well. Uh, you can you can find our work there. You can also go to our website at uh, IceTimeHockeySW.com. And, of course, our podcast can be found under ITHSW Podcasts. Uh, Stephen, we got a new one. We're now on iHeartRadio, so we're on six different platforms now. Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, um, who am I missing? I'm missing somebody. I, I Apple. Did you mention Apple? Uh, Apple and uh, iTunes. And, uh, of course, uh, now we have iHeartRadio. So no reason to never miss an episode. Well, and as I say, there's no excuse for not being able to find find us. Yeah, you certainly look just ITHSW podcast. Right. And you'll find them uh, anywhere that you go. You can uh, you can log on and uh, be, become a follower where you get updates every time one of our new shows pops up. Monday night, Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Tuesday night, College Hockey Southwest Weekly for NCAA. And, uh, of course, on Wednesday night, it's us, the Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. So, And we should mention that uh, that Podbean, though, is the only way you'll be able to catch the show live when we're on it live at between 7.30 and 8.30, well, Mondays and Wednesdays, and I think your Tuesday show is 6.30 to 7.30 uh, Arizona time, or right now Pacific and Arizona time are the same time zone. But... But uh, otherwise, you catch them on demand. But if people want to catch the show live, then right here on uh, on Podbean is the only way you can catch the show live. That is correct. And it's always great to hear our voices live. I will give you an update. The power just came back on. So oh, well, good. Even, it, even though the sweat is rolling down my face from about a half an hour or so of without power, <laughs> <laughs> the air conditioning is back on and I will survive. Um, okay, so that's all of that stuff. The other part that we're working on, a special series on our club hockey, we're going to try to bring on a coach and a captain is my goal. Uh, starting next Wednesday night when we start with UNLV and do their schedule reveal, and then we'll just go right through all four of our ACHA D1 teams and, and hopefully have a coach and a captain on with us. So we'll get some insight as to what they think of the schedule, what they think they can do, what they think of their team. Uh, so hopefully that works for us. We're, we're shooting for uh, UNLV first and then – 
on the list with U of A and Grand Canyon and Arizona State. July, just a little tease for that. In July, we hope to have uh, some women's talk again. Well, we'll have ASU uh, head coach Lindsay Ellis and, uh, and her captain. And uh, same thing for Grand Canyon and uh, Natalie Rossi and her captain. So that's what you have to look forward to over the next six weeks. Gonna keep us talking. keep us working through the summer, huh? <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, because yeah, absolutely. what happens after that, Stephen? The right. NHL is rocking that's, and rolling. By that's then. right. That's right. It'll be weird. Yeah, you'll be have hockey right at the dead of summer. That's right. If everything goes well. All right. Um, yes. I do also want to bring up one more thing before we uh, we start to wrap things up here. Is uh, uh, I, there was a bad accident uh, in Phoenix? I think Sunday night it was a. Uh, player who was living with the Billet family here playing with the uh, Junior Coyotes, 16U, Jordan Shane, I believe is how you pronounce his name, uh, on an ATV uh, on his route, just on a path in the desert, and uh, the, one of the wheels fell off and in a uh, old mine shaft, basically, and down he went about 50 feet with the uh, ATV on top of him, uh, took numerous rescuers, uh, Several hours to get him out. He's uh, in the hospital. He's going to need a lot of repairs, obviously. He's young um, and he's battling. So they have set up a GoFundMe account. I'll have it on our uh, our Twitter pages and you can find it on our uh, Facebook pages everywhere else. But just keep uh, young Jordan in your uh, your prayers and your thoughts. And if you can donate to the GoFundMe account, the, the medical bills are going to be mounting very quickly. He's from Florida. He was living with the Billet family here. So his family, um, you know, to get news like that is never good, but make sure that uh, you keep him uh, definitely in your prayers as well. Okay. Um, we're going to, I don't know how you transition out of that, but uh, so as we build towards the future, like you and I have been talking about this all the way along is that Vegas continues to build and tomorrow night's a big night. I know it's not club hockey, but it is, yeah. hockey of uh of another sense it's the ahl so tell us what you expect at 7 p.m tomorrow night Stephen. well you know i it's uh it's going to be exciting um even though we pretty much know what the team is going to be called but what's going to be i think what's what's going to be different for it is you know right now during the pandemic i'm sure they would have loved to have like a big thing where you know you could have had a crowd of people there to unveil it i think they're planning on doing it at City National, but obviously won't be anybody. There'll be limited people who can be there. But it will be broadcasted live on our local NBC affiliate here, Channel 3 in Las Vegas. also be streamed on the social pages for, for the Golden Knights, so um, people can can see that. And uh, it's going to be cool. Obviously, we, we all anticipate the, um, the name of being the Silver Knights, but as you mentioned earlier, what is the logo going to look like? Is it going to look very similar to the Golden Knights logo, just silver? Are they going to be that laser? Did they come up with something really creative and uh, – and in way that they portray the the this uh, new this new this relocated franchise this new edition of the AHL here in in Las Vegas, um, uh, it's it's exciting. I mean, they the the arena is moving forward, but uh, you know that's not going to be done for a while. They they plan on playing at the Orleans for at least a season or two, and and hopefully, you know, the AHL can can restart up back in the fall and and be able to to go forward and. But uh, it's it's exciting, you know. We had we had about a month ago we had the NFL draft, and that was that was exciting, even though it was virtually because we didn't have any sports going on. And and I think it'll be great for the for the Vegas hockey community here because you know we're still starving for hockey or for some sort of excitement. And it's just another um, it'll be another great moment that our things are starting to kind of 
get back to some sort of normalcy. And and they and you know we have the Raiders, we have the NFL schedule release, so there was build up for the Raiders, and there's been build up for that, and the, the anticipation that they're going to be able to have a full season and, and and be able to play in the fall and be able to have people at the new stadium. Now we have the Golden Knights. Now we have this thing with the NHL, so we're getting excited for that now. Yeah, they're releasing the team of the the name of the AHL team, so um, it's going to be called the Colin and hashtag Reveal Night K N I G H T. So um, it should be good, and like I said, people can watch it online or locally here on channel three in Las Vegas. So it should be a, should be a fun night. I'll definitely be watching. And, and the beauty of that is that the practice facility should be ready. I think they're still shooting for one October, correct? Believe so. Yeah. That would be very appropriate date to do that. That'd be kind of cool to, if they did that, the significance of that day in our history is sadly here in Las Vegas now with, with that, with the ties to what that, that day signifies um, in, in our history. And so obviously the Golden Knights were a big part of the healing process right after the, that tragedy here and, and being starting the season, their first season here and having that great home opener to honor the, the, the victims and honor the first responders. And, and obviously the AHL now the kind of the, 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 the league lower, but uh, so this continue to be cool with that, to have that facility open up on that day will be really, really cool. And, you know, and all things considered, that might be part of the healing process for, uh, uh, going through COVID-19, as you, you mentioned, sure. uh, we hate to focus on the big numbers, but I think it's worth mentioning that uh, um, we surpassed a terrible milestone today at 100,000 people lost in the state, in the uh, United States. And, uh, you know, I mean, every, it, it, it's a big number, but when it's even more, when you think of uh, each particular person, I mean, that's one person's parent, grandmother, child, whatever. Um, so every life is important. I do want to finish on one other note. Uh, I heard it said on CNN last night, and uh, I thought it was worth mentioning, is we have two pandemics going on right now in the world. The first one is is COVID-19, but, but Don Lemon uh, marked this one off last night as part of the, uh, the struggle with racism. He called it Racism 20. And uh, what we've been seeing, we just, we just hope that people can can put things together and, and try to stop some of the violence. It's, uh, it's senseless, it's needless, and uh, enough said, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, what we, what we saw, what, 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 the, what happened possibly in, uh, in, or what happened in Minneapolis, uh, uh, Minnesota, uh, is, is unfortunate. And, uh, you know, it's unfortunate that even today we, we, still, have, we still have those kind of issues in, in society. And, and even with the COVID thing, there's, you know, there's, we're seeing that too. So, um, I, you know, I, I think there's always, there's always a lot of good, but yeah, there's still a lot of progress to be made. And, and, um, uh, just, it's, uh, it's kind of the, the time we're in, but yeah, we can't forget about that. We also want to, can't forget too, that during this time too, a lot of people are dealing with, um, mental health too, is a big part of, of right now too, because people have been stuck at home. They've, they've been depressed. They see these numbers. We know I, you mentioned the big number that I didn't want to mention, but they see that and they get real depressed. And, and, uh, and, and, and I think it's, it's understandable. And, and, and we're sadly seeing, especially with the, some of the healthcare workers too, they've been putting their uh, lives and their, there's, you know, that's their job, you know, and, and this is really a war. If you think about it, you know, we have wars that soldiers fight when it's, when it's that one, but this is a war of a different kind. And, and that's the nurses and the, and the healthcare workers. And, and they, a lot of them have gotten sick themselves and some have died from, from that as well. And, but some have recovered, but have later committed suicide. We've seen stories of that. And, and it's just really un unfortunate. 
And uh, so we can't forget about that and how important uh, mental health is. And, and, and there are ways that for people to reach out and, and help. And, and if, if someone feels like they, they need that help, it's okay to reach out and ask for help and, uh, and, and to get that. Because uh, I think a lot of us at times kind of feel down and, and, and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's certainly an issue. So we, we can't forget about that and, and just hope that everybody continues to remain positive. That's why we continue to do these shows and we try to bring a light to, you know, and, and sometimes people say, well, with all this going on, how can you be talking about this and talking about the future and, and, and wanting to get back to all this? It's because we can't, you know, it's, it's, we got to look forward to something. And that's why it's, we miss sports yeah, yeah. so much because sports a lot of times can be a, a distractor, can be a healer. But right now we don't have that. We're getting it slowly back. NASCAR has been back. In fact, I think they're racing right now. And, and there's other, other sports that are starting to come back slowly, you know, with, with fans. And that's the beauty of TV and, and broadcasting and streaming and stuff like that now is these sports can resume even if we're not going to have fans in the stands for a little while. We can still watch them and, and have them. And hopefully, you know, the NHL plan works out and we can have hockey by July. And, and baseball, I'm wanting to get started with that, but hopefully they can – get that sorted out and get going and you know and having memorial day weekend and not having live baseball uh new baseball to watch was kind of on was kind of sad hopefully by fourth of july we'll have something but i'm i'm losing optimism each day that that continues on and and the nba you know so um yeah i think those things we gotta look forward to but we can't forget about the significance of the time we're in and and and, and that there is it's this kind of a history but you know we're gonna look back at this and it's gonna be quite a i know we're going over here so i'll end now but you know how we're going to be better from this, I think, hopefully, and, and that's what the main factor is. Absolutely. Very well said, my friend. Be safe. Everybody out there, be safe, be strong, stay positive. Things will get better. Um, for my uh, co-host up in Las Vegas, Stephen Marsh, Scott Strandy, signing off from Scottsdale, Arizona, uh, with a little Roger Klein and the Peacemakers, De Niro. See you next week, folks. See you, see you next month, everybody. It'll be June. We'll see you then.